um uh, good morning to everyone uh, and uh, i mean very sorry about uh, you know what happened uh, today but then i uh, you know i think we all understand that there are some things that are very difficult to control and i hope uh, there is something that comes out uh, you know by which we able to trace the, this person who's making all these kind of uh, uh, I mean, disturbance is a small word to use. I mean, it's um, it's almost criminal, uh, you know, what kind of thing that was done in the class today. Uh, but anyway, I just thought that, um, you know, why waste uh, time and I'll just record a podcast for you. Of course, I'm going to miss uh, the students who are going to read, okay? So remember, we stopped at a, t at a point when he's uh, dressed up like a fakir and he makes all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, uh, creative stories about a place where he goes to where there are only parrots so this is isle of the parrots and uh, you know there are waterfalls and there are there's a sea there are pebbles there and he said you know what i would like to do is just form uh, or you know make a small cabin at the side of uh, you know sea and just pass my days counting the sea waves okay now amal says i mean how i wish i were a bird then and the bird becoming a metaphor the bird becoming a symbol of freedom uh, which is what actually amal is looking for so you see all the the uh, things that Amal says and all the kind of imageries that are used in the play with regard to Amal are uh, related to the desire for freedom, the desire to break away from a cage which is otherwise the room but metaphorically, symbi symbolically, it also can mean the human body. Okay, and we know that Amal is in a state of uh, great illness. Okay, uh, then we have um, uh, you know the conversation between Gafar and Amal uh, still continuing, and this is what um, you know Gafar says. He says, uh, you know, Amal says, "How I wish I were a bird then." And through this, Gafar says, "But that would have been a bit of a job." I hear you're fixed up with the dairyman to be a hawker of grow up. I'm afraid such business won't flourish among birds. You might land yourself into serious loss. Okay, so look at... Uh how Gafar is very uh, funny, yes, he's very amusing. And he says, see, you've already, uh, you know, fixed up with the dairyman, you want to be a seller of curds. He says, that's really going to clash with your desire to be a bird, okay? So, uh, you know, the difference between uh, what is earthly and the difference between what is, uh, uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, not earthly, you know, for example, a bird occupying uh, the sky. So, uh, you know, uh, for the child, probably this clash between what you call all the uh, temporal and the earthly and the spiritual is not something which is understood. But Gafar says, I'm sure you'll be at great loss uh, if you become a bird. Okay? Then Madhav, you know, Madhav is the uncle. He says, this is too much. Uh, between you between you two, I shall turn crazy. Now I'm off. Okay? So the conversation uh, between the uh, Fakir, who is Gafar, and uh, Amal, not understood by Madhav. Okay? And uh, we know that, you know, the kind of conversations that children have with one another uh, they, they may be very intimate, they may be very um, uh, interesting, but sometimes they may look to be mumbo-jumbo to a and to an adult okay so mother says i don't understand what you're talking and he goes um, then uh, amal has the dairyman been uncle okay so he wants to ask whether the dairyman remember the day has almost come to a close and all the people are coming back after their uh, you know work okay and remember the dairyman has promised to meet him he gives him some curd also and he wants to know about his uh, his travels mother and why shouldn't he he won't bother his head running errands for your pet fakir 
in and out among the nests in his parrot's isle. So he says, why should we bother about the dairyman? He's not going to be concerned about any kind of conversation or any kind of interaction with uh, either uh, your uh, pet fakir or the parrots in the parrot's isle. But he has left a jar of curd for you, saying he is rather busy with his niece's wedding in the village and he has got to order a band at Kam at Kamlipara. Okay, so uh, as uh, promised, the dairyman has left him a pot of curd, and he says he's very busy because his niece is getting married, and he has to order uh, a band at Kamlipara. Okay, so um, uh, one uh, all of us uh, probably understand how important a band is in uh, an Indian wedding. Okay, and. Um, you know, we uh, we often, uh, you know, look at the band and the band masters as, uh, you know, people who wear a certain kind of a dress and they have their instruments. We feel sorry for them at times, yes, but they also bring a lot of cheer when they play, uh, you know, music which, ha which are so associated with marriages yes okay uh, like in Punjab you'll always have the band playing Aaj meri yaar ki shadi hai, all right or something like that okay so the band uh, you know almost becoming uh, an intrinsic part of every Indian wedding and he's gone to get it for his niece from this place called Kamlipara okay so he didn't have time to come and converse with a mother uh, sorry with Amal but he's left a pot of curd okay so you see uh, how uh, the relationship has been established between the dairyman and Amal uh, Amal but he is going to marry me to his little niece okay now uh, this is probably some other kind of promise that has been made and he says actually I am the bridegroom to his niece okay uh, maybe he must have made this kind of a promise Gaffar dear me we are now we are in a fix now okay and gafar knows it's all uh, it's all nonsensical conversation but he says um, you know we are in a fix a fix is when you're in a very difficult situation okay and then uh, this is what amal said uh, you know so the dairyman has not only promised him conversation not only promised him a pot of curd he also promised to marry him off to his niece okay uh, and uh, you know at uh, during those days uh, it was common for people uh, you know to marry off their children okay remember even when we uh, did the story vision we know that uh, uh, you know Kumo married very young and she became a mother and she lost her child also by the time she was very young okay if you read Kabuliwala for example you will see this little girl uh, you know is dressed in a wedding sari and she's getting married okay so um, you know child marriages were not uncommon okay and Amal uh, just a chit of a boy he's dreaming of getting married to the dairyman's niece okay uh, he said uh, she would find me a lovely little uh, he said she would find me a lovely little bride with a pair of pearl drops in her ears and dressed in a lovely red sari and in the morning she would milk with her own hands uh, the black cow and feed me with warm milk with foam on it from a brand new earthen cruise and in the evening she would carry the lamp round the cow house and then come and sit by me to tell me tales of Champa and his six brothers okay so you see the dairyman also has uh, sort of put Amal in a net of dreams and he says you know he promised that he would get me this kind of a bride with little pearl earrings in her ears and a red sari and she would milk the cow with her own hands and when she milked the cow uh, there would be warm milk in an earthen cruise a cruise is a pot and 
and they would be foam on top okay and um, you know sometimes when you have uh, foam uh, over milk sometimes even foam over curd uh, you know it looks uh, enticing it looks more attractive and uh, in the evenings she would carry a lamp to the cow shed to look after the cows or to uh, really go and have a look at them in the evening and then she would come and sit and tell me tales of champa and his six brothers okay so this is a story champa and his six brothers is a bengali uh, story about seven uh, sorry about these uh, uh, you know uh, the the brothers you know who were turned into champa trees okay it's about a uh, it's about a story about a king and his queens etc i mean i don't have time to tell you about the whole story but you could read the story yes an interesting uh, typical uh, you know fairy tale kind of story in which the boys are brothers are turned into champa trees okay uh, gaffer how delicious gaffer is playing completely into the mind and into the hands of amal okay so he says how delicious okay and delicious otherwise we would use for something that's uh, uh, to be eaten okay although here we're talking about milk but yes it's more about the whole um, you know the whole attractiveness of the story itself that makes it so interesting okay the prom this prospect tempts even me a hermit but never mind dear about this wedding let it be i tell you when you wed there'll be no lack of nieces in his household okay says isko chhodo yes all right what are you thinking about getting married to the dairyman's niece um, i'll uh, you know once it's time for you to be married there will be many uh, girls in line but he says you know when i hear the story i am tempted to get married even though i am a hermit remember a hermit here um, is a man who uh, you know is not uh, what you call is is not a part of the grahast ashram for example he's a roaming uh, kind of a saint so he said mujhe bhi temptation ho rahi hai yes the kind of descriptions that you're giving me and the kind of temptation that the dairyman gave you okay uh, then madhav shut up this is more than i can stand okay and madhav can do nothing to actually stop this kind of mumbo jumbo okay because it's so interesting between two characters and madhav is you know a typical you know serious man uh, who doesn't want gaffer to make more uh, you know dreamlands for amal amal uh, fakir now that uncle's off just tell me has the king sent me a letter to the post office and now you see uh, before this I, uh, after mother makes his uh, comment he exits okay and now amal coming back to you see amal has many dreams and one important dream of course is to go out is to see the world but another dream is to get a letter from the king's post office yes remember the flag and the new post office in front of his house and the names of the postmen that the boys have told him about and also the headman making fun of him that he would receive a letter from the king's post office okay and you see the story um, at one point uh, you will see that the dream and the fantasy sorry the dream and reality seem to uh, you know come together at one point okay um, and uh, you know some of uh, tagore stories are like that for example once there was a king towards the end of the story you will see that reality and the dream come together you know and there's a certain kind of a uh, you know a, a question in the mind of the reader as to what really is happening okay so amal nursing this dream of getting a letter from the king's post office uh, gaffer i um, i gather that his letter has already started but still on the way now gaffer never wants to break uh, or doesn't want to puncture the bubble of amal's dreams yes okay he says let him remain in his dream world it's so nice to be in your dream sometimes yes you have a wonderful dream and in the morning when you wake up you say oh i wish i could have slept a little more and seen what was uh, you know going to happen in the dream okay so um, gaffer plays along with him and amal says on the way where is it 
Is it on that road winding through the trees, which you can follow to the end of the forest when the sky is quite clear after rain? So when Amal thinks of the letter being somewhere, uh, you know, he doesn't think of it as being in a post office or in transit or in a vehicle. He thinks of it in being in a space on the hill, in the mountain, etc. So how the child imagines reality as compared to how we would imagine. Yes, if you, if I have to tell you, please track your career. Uh, you're not going to say that it is now on uh, this tila, on this hill. You're going to say now it is, uh, you know, in this post office or Sanibal post office. Now it's going to come to civil lines, for example. So we'd be very specific about tracking, say, a letter. For Amal, uh, tracking the letter is looking at it through a geographical space, on a mountain, in a hill by the side of a river, um, you know, a very imaginative and a very sweet way of imagining how the letter was coming. Uh, Gaffer, uh, that's so you know about it already. I do everything. So I see, but how? Okay. Now, um, you know, uh, Gaffer says, how do you seem to know everything? And this is what even the dairyman asked him. How do you know that there is a village with trees and there's red, uh, you know, women are wearing red saris, etc. Aman has a very uh, rich imagination and since he has nothing to do, he spends all his time, you know, creating these dream worlds. Okay. So uh, then what happened is... Uh, this is what Amal says. I can't say, but it's quite clear to me, I fancy. See the word fancy? I imagine. Yes, I just think. I've seen it often in days long gone by. How long ago? I can't tell. Don't you know when? I can see it all. There, the king's postman coming down the hillside alone, a lantern in his hand and on his back a bag of letters climbing down for ever so long for days and nights and where at the foot of the mountain the waterfall becomes a stream he takes to the footpath on the bank and walks on through the rye okay so he has seen postman probably walking and through that one sight he imagines the journey of a postman across the length and breadth of the village across different places streams and rivers and hillsides and he says probably it's a part of my fancy my imagination that I can uh, think about all kinds of journeys the postman makes okay and then he goes through the rye okay rye uh, the seed that is grown you know which is used um, you know which is used in food okay then comes uh, uh, the sugarcane fields and he disappears into the narrow lane, cutting through the tall stems of sugarcane. Then he reaches the open meadow where the cricket chirps and where there is not a single man to be seen. Okay, So the difficult life of a postman through all kinds of weather, through all kinds of geographical, um, you know, geographical places or locations rather. And then he also, uh, you know, walks up through the sugarcane fields through the rye fields and then he comes up to a meadow a meadow is a grassy place where the cricket chirp and where there's not a single man to be seen so there's a cricket that's chirping and not a single person to be seen only the snipe wagging their tails and poking at the mud a snipe is a uh, is a wading bird it has a very long beak okay so it's poking at the mud with a bill a bill is a beak and it's a long beak it has i can feel him coming nearer and nearer and my heart becomes glad okay so see amal uh, already getting transported into a imaginary world yes the world that he thinks is um you know um, real and how is it real it is real because of a 
it's real because he just sees one scene and he's able to uh, you know elaborate on it okay and uh, he's able to uh, you know see things which other people cannot see gaffer my eyes aren't young but you make me see all the same okay so we uh, associate um, uh, you know uh, clear imagination with uh, you know with that of a child okay so uh, that is why uh, you know gaffer says i can see through your eyes amal say fakir do you know the king who has this post office gaffer i do i go to him for my arms every day he says i go for my arms and what is an arm bhiksha uh, yes what you get in uh, begging is arms a l m s pronounced as a m s okay arms amal good when i get well i must have my arms too for him main eye okay so he says even i'll go uh, like you like a bhikshu to go and ask for arms gaffer you won't need to ask my dear he'll give it to you of his own accord so you see gaffer is always different from uh, the other adults yes? he doesn't say ki nahi nahi chup 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 aise nahi bolte you're not supposed to be begging for arms he says nahi tum jaoge wahan pe you'll be given even without your asking okay amal no i would go to his gate and cry victory to thee o king and dancing to the tabor sound ask for arms won't it be nice a tabor is a drum so he says nahi nahi i'll go there and say uh, victory to the king yes maharaj ki jai ho and i'm going to ask for uh, arms and i'll dance to the tabor sound it means that even if i ask something from the king i'll do something for it i'll dance to the sound of the drum gaffer it would be splendid and if you're with me i shall have my full share but what will you ask okay and um, he says okay if you're with me i'll get a lot of uh, you know um, bounty from the king but he says what are you going to ask and we're going to see amal's answer is just what uh, we wouldn't expect gaffer uh, sorry amal um, uh, sorry i shall say make me a postman that i may go about lantern in hand delivering your letters from door to door don't let me stay at home all day yes look at the innocent uh, you know thing that the child asks for uh, an adult would probably ask for gold and silver and a house etc he says me mujhe postman bana do so that i can go from one place to another with a lantern in hand and letters and you know why does he want to become a postman because he wants to break free from the confines of this uh, room yes remember he's locked up in this place and he feels very very unhappy about it um uh, and then gaffer says what is uh, you know uh, what is there to be sad for my child even were you to stay at home he says isme kitni badi baat hai even if you were to stay at home there's nothing really to be so sad amal said it isn't sad when they shut me in here first i felt the day was so long since the king's post office i like it more and more being indoors and as i think i shall get a letter one day i feel quite happy and then i don't mind being quiet and alone i wonder if i shall make out what will be in the king's letter so he says no i'm not sad um, i used to feel that the day is very long when i was alone but now that there's so much of activity because of the king's post office i feel um, a sense of excitement but i'm really waiting uh, to get this letter gafar even if you didn't wouldn't it be enough if you just bore your uh, even if you didn't wouldn't it be enough if it just bore your name okay so if the post office had your name wouldn't uh, the, uh, wouldn't it be enough uh, then uh, we have madhav entry have you any idea of the trouble you've got me in okay and uh, 
the last uh, i'll just go back to the last dialogue this is what amal says i wonder if i shall make out what will be in the king's letter okay and gafar says uh, you know you don't have to worry just if your name is on the letter wohi baat hai ki the letter has come to you from the king and then now madhav comes in and he's very angry he says you've got me into a lot of trouble you and amal and gafar says what's the matter yes now remember the headman is very angry with madhav he says that he's becoming you know very proud and he gets all the villagers together and he's trying to conspire against the headman so madhav said i hear you've got you've let it get rumored about that the king had planted his office here to send messages to both of you Yes, so this is uh, the rumor is in the village that the headman is saying that look at Amal. He says that the post office has been made here so that the king can send letters to both of them. Gaffer, well, what about it? Madhav, our headman Panchanan has had it told to the king anonymously. Yes, okay. So Panchanan, remember, nobody likes Panchanan, and uh, he uh, has uh, you know told this to the king that uh, uh, you know Amal is spreading and Madhav is spreading all kinds of stories that the post office has been opened for them and the letters are going to be received from the king. Gaffer, aren't we aware that everything reaches the king's ears? Look at Gaffer. Look at his character. Yes, not affected by anything. He says, "This may not be a big matter. Anything that happens in the in the village, it's going to reach the king." Okay. Uh, uh, then Madhav. Then why don't you look out? Why take the king's name in vain? You'll bring me to ruin if you do. Okay. So he says, "See now, uh, these rumors are being spread about the letter, and he says you're going to bring me into lots of trouble." Okay. Uh, Madhav. Uh, sorry, Amal. Say, Fakir. Will the king be cross? Cross means angry. He says, "Will the king be angry if he comes to know that you know we are uh, rumor mongering and talking about letters that are absolutely fictitious and have no uh, bearing and have no truth at all?" Uh, Gaffer, cross nonsense. And with a child like you and a fakir such as am I, uh, let's see if the king be angry, and then won't I give him a piece of my mind? Okay, so Gaffer taking Amal completely under his wings, and he says, no, um, he's not going to be angry, and you know, with a child like you, uh, you know, he's not going to be cross at all. Uh, Amal, say, fakir, I've been feeling a sort of darkness coming over my eyes since the morning. Everything seems like a dream. I long to be quiet. I don't feel like talking at all. Won't the king's letter come? Suppose this room melts away all on a sudden. Suppose, Gaffer, fanning Amal, the letter's sure to come today, my boy. The doctor enters. Doctor, and how do you feel today? So Amal, remember, he gets tired very easily, and he seems to be fainting or going to sleep. And he says everything looks like a dream to me. My eyes are full of darkness. But am I going to get the letter? Okay, and um. we all understand you know these wishes that we talk of the dying person aapke akhri khwahish kya hai all right uh, in law you know you know the importance of the dying declaration yes uh, in the case of the hathras rape yes um, uh, you know the declaration that was made by the girl uh, you know considered to be so very important okay so the wishes of the dying are considered to be uh, you know holy so sacred yes uh, they almost have a kind of a 
you know a kind of a godly kind of a uh, you know uh, feeling to it okay so uh, you know it's almost like a last wish that amal wanted to get the letter from the king's post office and now the doctor comes and we know that the doctor is also another funny character who makes all kinds of uh, conversation going back to the scriptures and putting everything in a very poetic way and he comes to ask how the child is feeling amal feel awfully well today doctor all pain seems to have left me okay now amal is going into a kind of a trance yes as though he is um, you know passing away from the state of physical being to a kind of a spiritual plane okay and uh, the reader feels frightened you know that amal might just die any moment but there is uh, some more uh, there are some more conversations left doctor aside to madhav don't quite like the look of that smile bad sign he's feeling well chandrakhan has observed okay remember what is the uh, doctor doing the doctor goes back to the ancient uh, indian scriptures okay he says no when a person is about to die agar wo muskurae agar wo kahe ki main bilkul theek hu iska matlab there's something very very ominous there's something very dangerous that's going to happen madhav for goodness sake doctor leave chandrakhan alone tell me what's going to happen okay so he says don't talk of chandrathan uh, he says talk to me about uh, the the actuality of medical science and what's going to happen to my nephew doctor can't hold him in much longer i fear i warned you before this looks like a fresh exposure so he says i told you the autumn winds and the draft the cold not good for the child at all so he says i think the child has been affected by a second exposure Okay, uh, Madhav. No, I've used the utmost care. Never let him out of doors, and the windows have been shut almost all the time. Okay, so uh, you know, Madhav saying that I did everything that I could, but we understand that probably it's pretty, pretty late. Doctor, there's a peculiar quality in the air today. As I came in, I found a fearful draft, a fearful draught. through your front window a fearful draft draft is a cool, very cold uh, air it is pronounced as draft yes not as drot drot is otherwise a dot a drop of milk or a drop of what you call it drot okay this is a draft okay that's most hurtful better lock it at once would it matter if this kept your visitors off for two or three days if someone happens to call unexpectedly there's the back door you had better shut this window as well it's letting in the sunset rays only to keep the patient awake so for the first time the doctor has been um, you know very very um, clear in his instructions lock the windows don't let anybody come in the sunlight which is setting is waking up the patient don't let the draft in it's an unusual kind of a day madhav amal has shut his eyes i expect he is sleeping his face tells me oh doctor i bring in a child who is a stranger and love him as my own and now i suppose i must lose him so he says he was a stranger till yesterday and now he is my own but now i'm sure my child is going to die doctor what's that there's your headman sailing in what a bother nobody likes the headman huh i must be going brother you had better stir about and see to the doors being properly fastened so stir about is walk about and see that the doors are closed i will send on a strong dose directly i get home so i'm going home i'll send a strong medication try it on him it may save him at last if he can be saved at all see this last line it may save him save him at last if he can be saved at all okay which means uh, uh, the reader seems to be understanding that amal is uh, going to leave his physical body exit 
Madhav and Doctor, the headman enters. Again, okay, whenever the headman comes, we know that uh, you know he seems to be bringing some kind of uh, you know unpleasant kind of news. Okay, so the headman. Hello, urchin. And urchin is a poor child, badly dressed. You know, fatewe kapre jo streets pe ghumte. Okay, hardly a nice way uh, to address a child. Gaffer raising hastily. Shh, be quiet. Amal, no fakir. Do you think I was asleep? I wasn't. I can hear everything. Yes, and voices far away. I feel that mother and father are sitting by my pillow and speaking to me. Remember, he's an orphan. He says, I feel my mother and father are sitting by my pillow and speaking to me. Madhav enters. Headman. I say, Madhav, I hear you hobnob with big wigs nowadays. Okay, says, I believe you hobnob. You mix with big wigs are important people nowadays. Madhav, spare me your jests, headman. We are but common people. Jest is a joke. He says, don't joke on me. We are very ordinary people. Na mere koi baut bade log hai, jo mere dost hai. Na mere koi baut bade concerns hai. Headman, but your child here is expecting a letter from the king. Madhav, don't you take any notice of him. A mere foolish boy. Headman, indeed. Why not? I'll beat the king hard to find a better family. Don't you see why the king plants his new post office right before your window? Why? There's a letter for you from the king, urchin. So he says, see, I don't think the king could have chosen a better family than yours, you and your nephew. And so you think that the post office has been built because you're going to get letters from the king. Yes, he's caustic, sarcastic, um, hurtful. Yes, okay. A very typical example of a bureaucratic kind of a, uh, you know, uh, an uh, evil uh, headman. Okay. Um, Amal starting up. Indeed, really, headman. How can it be false? You're the king's chum. Chum is a friend. Okay, so he says, Nay, nay, it's true. You're going to get a letter from the king. Here's your letter showing a blank slip of paper. Ha ha ha. This is the letter. Look at the meanness of uh, uh, of, of the headman. Yes, so Kali Kora Kagas is kopakradate ki yet lo tumari chithi. Amal, please don't mock me. Say, Fakir, is it so? Gaffer, yes, my dear, I as Fakir tell you it is letter. So, uh, Gaffer, uh, you know, wants to sort of uh, keep alive his dreams because he wants to be so, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't want Amal uh, to be to feel hurt. Yes, whereas the headman is mocking at the uh, idea of the letter. Amal, how is it I can't see? It all looks so blank to me. What is there in the letter, Mr. Headman? Headman, the king says, I am calling on you shortly. You had better arrange puff rife's offerings for me. Palace fare is tasteless to me now. Ha ha ha. So he says, what does the letter say? The king is coming and aap kya arrange karoge for the king? Puffed rice. You know, puffed rice is what you call fulia. That's okay. The rice, white, which is plain, which is eaten, uh, which you use in um, bail puri. Yes, puffed rice, what we call pulia. And that's hardly anything that a king would like to eat. But he says, you know, the king is fed up of eating rich food in the palace. So he just wants uh, puffed rice as, um, you know, as a treat. And he laughs at Amal. Uh, Madhav, with folded palms, I beseech you, means I pray to you, I beg you, headman, don't you joke about these things. My child is about to die. Gaffer, cutting jokes indeed dare he. 
Madhav, are you out of your mind to Gaffer? Okay, so Gaffer says something very blunt uh, to the headman and he says, don't speak like this to him. Okay, so Madhav caught in uh, in between all of this, uh, you know, the trouble with the king, the trouble with the headman and the trouble with his little uh, Amal. Amal, Fakir, Fakir, shh, his trumpet, can't you hear? And Amal seems to be hearing the trumpet of the king. Headman, ha ha ha, I fear he won't until he's a bit more off his head. So he says, Gaffer has to be more crazy. Yes, wo aur pagal ho jayega. The fakir tabhi usko baate sunai dege because it's all a make-believe world. Amal, Mr. Headman, I thought you were cross with me and didn't love me. I never could think you could fetch me the king's letter. Let me wipe the dust off your feet. So he says, I thought you were just making fun of me. Please let me touch your feet, okay? Um, uh, you know, wipe the dust, which means like charan sparsh or charan dhul, you know. Let me touch your feet. And he says, I, I, I couldn't believe uh, that you would get me a letter from the king. Um, headman, this little child does have an instinct of reverence. Though a little silly, he has a good heart. Okay, so now the man says he is very respectful. Reverence is respectful. He says, but he has a sweet heart. Okay, Amal, it's hard on the fourth watch now, I suppose. Hark the gong, dong, dong, ding, dong, dong, ding. Is the evening star up? How is it I can't see? Now he can hear the gong of the uh, of, of the watchman. Yes, okay, so he says, now I think it's uh, uh, evening he says how come I can't see the evening star okay and maybe it's uh, you know if you notice that Venus is one of the earliest stars the brightest stars that come up in the evening so he says I can't see and um, you know he says uh, Gaffer oh the windows are all shut I'll open them he says why can't I see the light he says the windows are open and there's a knocking outside so I said I told you remember the dream and the reality now seem to be coming together Madhav say headman Hope they are not robbers. Okay. Ye is time me raat ke samay me kon aa raha hai? Yes. Okay. I hope they are not robbers. Headman, who's there? It's Panchanan. The headman calls. Aren't you afraid of the like of me? Fancy. The noise has ceased. Panchanan's voice carries far. Yes. Show me the biggest robbers. Okay. So the headman, very puffed up in his pride, he says, "Kon hai bar?" Yes. And immediately the sound is over, and he says, "Panchanan." And he says, "Dekho, saare mere se itni darte hain that even the robbers will not come." Madhav, peering out of the window, I should think the noise has ceased. They've smashed the door. So he says, I can't hear anything. Maybe they've smashed the door. Uh, and see what happens. The king's herald enters. Okay, so you see the dream of Amal comes true. The king's messenger comes in. Herald, our sovereign king comes tonight. Headman, my god. Amal, at what hour of the night, herald? Can watch. So, Raat ke dusre peher ko, the king is about to come. Hardly a time uh, for visiting, yes, but then uh, the messenger has come to announce this. Amal, when from the city gates, my friend, the watchman will strike his gong, ding dong ding, ding dong ding, then his greatest physician to attend on his young friend. Okay, so the king has come to know about the illness of this little child and he's sending the greatest physician to attend on the child. Okay, so see the dream of Amal uh, coming true. The state physician enters. Okay, so the doctor comes. State physician, what's this? How close it is here? Open wide all the doors and windows. How do you feel, my child? Feeling Amal's body. So, Amal not only is going to get, uh, you know, uh, news from the king, he also gets uh, the king's doctor to visit him. Amal, uh, I feel very well, doctor. Very well. 
all pain is gone. How fresh and open. I can see all the stars now twinkling from the other side of the dark. Remember, Amal wants to always look at the outside world. Okay. Amal, uh, physician. Uh, sorry, Amal. Uh, no, will you feel well enough to leave your bed with the king when he comes in the middle watches of the night? Look at the proposal. He says, are you going to be better to come along with the king? Amal, of course, I'm dying to be about for ever so long. I'll ask the king to find me the polar star. I must have seen it often, but I don't know exactly where it is. Okay, the pole star is, um, you know, believed to be the star which uh, is very bright and it guides people on their journeys. Okay, in fact, uh, you know, we did the story of the gift of the Magi, and uh, I think we did it in the first semester or second, I think. And you know, the the uh, the star which the three kings followed is supposed to be the pole star that is why in christmas you see uh, there are always a star on the top of the um, christmas tree it's believed to be the pole star which took the three kings uh, you know to uh, uh, you know to bethlehem where jesus was um, where jesus was born okay so he says i think i'll be able to see that physician he will tell you everything to madhav will you go about and arrange flowers through the room for the king's visit uh, we can't have uh, that person in here, okay? So the physician says, "Isko nikalo bar, yes, the headman ko, and we just want flowers uh, for the king's visit." Amal, no, let him be doctor. He's a friend. It was he who brought me the king's letter. Yes, look at the innocence of Amal. Uh, no enmity, no, uh, you know, uh, seeing uh, any evil, and he tries to be as um, friendly to uh, the the uh, the headman, physician. Very well, my child. He may remain if he is a friend of yours. Madhav, whispering into Amal's eye. My child, the king loves you. He is coming himself. Beg for a gift from him. You know our humble circumstances. So he says, Hamare liye kuch pooch lena, mang lena. You know, we are poor. Uh, we don't have enough money. And uh, you know what Amal wants. Amal wants to be a postman. Okay, Hardly any kind of uh, convergence with the desires of his uncle. Amal. Don't you worry, uncle. I've made up my mind about it, mother. What is it, my child? And then Amal says, I shall ask him to make me one of his postmen, that I may wander far and wide, delivering his message from door to door. Mother slapping his forehead. Alas, is that all? Yes, okay, mother. That to become a postman. Hardly a nice thing to ask. Ask for something more materialistic. Amal. What will be our offerings to the king, uncle, when he comes? Herald, he has commanded puffed rice. Usko sirf puffed rice chahiye, sirf chahiye. Okay, hardly a thing for a king. Amal, puffed rice? Say, headman, you're right. You said so. You knew all. We didn't. Headman, if you send word to my house, then I could manage for the king's advent. Really nice. So he says, if you send somebody to my house, I can Advent is coming. Physician, no need at all. Now be quiet, all of you. Sleep is coming over him. I'll sit by his pillow. He's dropping into slumber. Blow out the oil lamp. Only let the starlight stream in. Hush, he slumbers. Okay? And Amal is going to sleep. Okay? So, um, at times it's difficult for us to be able to make out whether, uh, you know, this is really happening or is it a dream which Amal is seeing? And I think, um, uh, you know, Rabindranath Tagore uses this in some of his stories. Uh, you know, the kind of uh, mixing up of, uh, uh, you know, a certain, uh, you know, a certain literary kind of a reality and a certain magic kind of a moment. Okay. Uh, 
Madhav, what are you standing there like a statue for, folding your palms? I am nervous. Say, are they good omens? Why are they darkening the room? How will star light up? And it's becoming dark. And, uh, you know, it's a very strange kind of a situation. And as readers, we're feeling that maybe Amal is dying. Gaffer, silence, unbeliever. Sudha enters. Remember, I told you Sudha is going to be the last one who is going to come. Sudha, Amal, physician. He's asleep. Sudha, I have some flowers for him. Mayn't I give them into his own hand? Physician, yes, you may. Sudha, when will he be awake? Physician, directly the king comes and calls him. Sudha, will you whisper a word for me in his ear? Physician, what shall I say? Sudha, tell him. Sudha has not forgotten him. And then the curtain falls. Okay. So you see here, uh, you know, the, the readers are left to guess really actually uh, what has happened. Yes, Is he really waiting for the uh, king to come? Or is it just a part of a dream sequence that is made in the mind of Amal? Or is it this dream that is played out between Gaffer and Amal? And, uh, you know, does this physician, is this physician really there? Does the physician come? And if the physician comes, uh, does Amal just die waiting for the king? But Amal, uh, you know, if we look at his death, we'd see that probably he died as a satisfied child because he, even if he got a you know, a, a letter which was, you know, a, a made-up kind of a thing by the headman. He still believed it was the letter of the king and he saw the, uh, you know, he saw the physician of the king. And, uh, you know, he believed that this post office was set up for some particular reason, okay? So, you see how, uh, you know, Tagore, uh, very beautifully, he, uh, you know, looks at the you know, looks at the character of the child and how the child, uh, you know, comprehends his world. And uh, the ending of the play is very interesting because it's quite open-ended. You know, it's not something that uh, is very, very definite. You know, for example, if you read a book like The Guide by R.K. Narayan, uh, and in the end, uh, you know, there's the saint, uh, you know, sinner turned saint, and the rain falls in this village, and we see that, you know, Raju falls down. Now, does he die, or does he just fall? Does he just faint? Is the rain really truly because of his sacrifice? So, you know, open-ended uh, sort of uh, stories and plays, uh, you know, they make you think that they could be there is no one way probably to end and uh, you know it could be in so many ways to end okay so uh, the ending is also very interesting and symbols symbols play a very important role in the uh, in the novel yes the symbols of the characters of the you know the the beating of the uh, you know the beating of the gong for example uh, you know sudha coming in with the flowers in the end you know and we know flowers are put for either puja or they're put on a dead body and <laughs> there are many things actually which are highly symbolic in this um, in this play. So uh, one should read it with that kind of thing, and one has to remember all the characters and the conversations that Amal had with them. Okay, and uh, you know uh, that is why we say that this is a fantastical kind of a story. Yes, it borders on a certain kind of a magical uh, thing towards the end. Okay, and also a certain kind of reality in which the child is placed. Okay, and uh, Tagore is quite good at doing that. Okay, he does that in several of his stories. You must read. Once there was a king, 
if you read that you'll also be able to make out that this there's this fantastic element of the child listening to a story and then you know he becomes transformed into that little boy who marries a prince and then in the morning they wake up and it's a normal day you know so how you sort of and i think this is what happens in the minds of children that they uh, sort of uh, the 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 you know fantasy and reality just become one uh, kind of thing together and uh, you know that makes their lives so um, or they, that makes their imagination so interesting at uh, on the one point and also so um, open to multiple um, interpretations you know that is why uh, you know a child is seeing designs uh, in in the clouds the child sees uh, uh, you know things uh, in people which others as adults don't do so i think to go very um, successfully you know he uh, creates this character of amal and through this imagination how the child gets into this flights of fancies and how the story ends is of course up to the reader to be able to understand okay so uh, thank you with that i've uh, I've I've recorded this podcast of forty four um, around forty three minutes, and uh, tomorrow I'll start with uh, War Brides, which is a last uh, play, although not last because we have uh, the Curse of Indra also left. I'll do the War Brides, and uh, the War Brides also <coughs> um, a very very powerful play. Yes, okay, powerful to the extent of uh, I mean, if 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 it were to be performed, of course I think it would just have uh, you know goosebumps, uh, uh, you know, because it's so powerful and what. Is, what does it talk about it talks about the futility of war yes and we know that uh, you know war is always futile yes look at what we're doing on our uh, borders with china yes we're sending our troops in the thick of the winters where uh, you know uh, there's not even a blade of grass there yes and we are fortifying all our efforts to be able to give them ammunition food etc and we're going to put them in those harsh winter months there yes because they have to uh you know they have to um, defend the borders okay so war uh, i mean in this play you know the futility and the pain of war and how women become uh you know very very important casualties of war yes they become the first casualties of war in fact women and children okay and uh, uh, you know this whole idea of um, nationalism and uh, you know hyper nationalism is going to be examined very carefully and very beautifully in the play war brides and um, Uh, we'll do this it's not a very long uh, it's a reasonably long play i wouldn't say not a very long play and it's written by marian craig wentworth so we'll uh, talk about her first and then uh, and then do the play okay so thank you uh, everyone and uh, this has been a, a you know a 45 minute uh, podcast and i hope uh, we have better days uh, ahead uh, without any kind of uh, uh, interventions in the class and disturbances because i think today was very um, bad but it also has to be taken in stride that uh, uh, you know if you are using new technology then there are going to be pitfalls of that as well and we have to just know how to work it out and uh, you know be able to find out really what's happening so um, i was very upset initially but then after i've recorded the podcast i feel yes we have to uh, go ahead and uh, still battle uh, you know with with the circumstances that we have uh, thank you very much and goodbye I- i'll just be sending this podcast in a while thank you and bye bye